Hello, and welcome to another episode of This is the Voice of the Prophet. We ended last week's episode entitled Using Discernment in the Church Today with a statement from a white evangelical right-wing conservative pastor in Michigan who said, and I quote, discernment is one's basic ability to separate truth from untruth, and too many Christians are not practicing it, end quote. For that week, the focus was on using discernment in the body of Christ so that we will not fall for every trick and pony show that's being spoken in the name of God. We have been given the gift of discernment of spirits and shame, shame on us if and when we don't use them. I am so tired of hearing pastors, preachers, teachers, evangelists, and prophets included telling the body of Christ that if they're not Republicans, then they're not saved. If they're not voting far right, then they're going to die and go to hell. More recently, a pastor said to his congregation that anyone who was not Republican to get out of his church right then and there. How I wish I could have been there to respond to that statement. My question today is to those who make those types of declaration is this. Who died and left you, God, giving you the power to determine where I or anyone else will spend eternity? What makes one have to show their level of faith and trust in God by political affiliations? Who says that in order to enter into the kingdom of heaven, that one must believe and be faithful to the Republican Party? Who decided that it's one's belief in the GOP that brings them into a oneness with God? Which brings us to the title of this week's episode, which is, When Did God Say that if I'm not a far-right Republican, I'm not a Christian. Show it to me in the Bible. I'm sorry, but I thought that a person's Christian walk was determined, ordained, established, and ratified by the confession and the belief that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, accepting him into our hearts as Lord and Savior, and by faith in the blood he shed at Calvary for the redemption of sin. And in all of these statements that demand this adherence to the GOP, the truly unfortunate thing is that so many right-wing conservative Christians, along with the far-right evangelicals, actually believe these things. What really makes me angry is when I see Christians who are submitting to this type of bullying. As a little girl growing up Catholic, being taught by white nuns and having only white priests in the parish, we were literally told that we were special because we were Catholic, not because we were smart or intelligent or even chosen by God. It was just because we were Catholic. And when I would walk home from school in my little uniform, I actually felt that way. I felt that the people that I passed along the way who were not Catholics were just not on certain levels with God. That's what I was supposed to think and feel. It was the way we were taught and influenced by the school I attended. And just let me interject right here that with all of that supposedly being special and supposedly so close to God, I never truly knew Jesus Christ personally, only about him from a distance. 
So on one hand, I was supposed to be special in the fact that I was Catholic, but on the other hand, even while being Catholic, I was never good enough, right enough, or holy enough to truly know him in a way that I could approach and enter him into his presence personally. Of course, now I realize how misguided and totally wrong those teachings were, but it's the same exact thing, the same teachings that far-right evangelical conservatives believe today. I was duped as an innocent child who knew no better, but these far-right Christian conservatives are grown adults who know the word of God and they should know better. As stated in the last episode, where are their prayer lives? Where is the gift of discernment of spirits in the body of Christ today? Where are our basic abilities to separate truth from, from lies, holy from unholy, and the spirit of God from the spirits of bullies? These teachers, pastors, and leaders will be held accountable. My walk of faith, my and everyone else's Christianity is not determined or judged by our political affiliations. No one should feel that they must believe in one political party in deference to another in order to be saved or to prove their walk with God. Jamie Foxx just posted on Instagram last week, and I quote, Never thought I would live in a society, a Christian society, where they would let little children die over, over and over again and still not change any laws. If the people in this country are leaders and so-called Christians, if they are going to heaven, I'll pass, close quote. It's so important, if not mandatory, that we understand not only who we are in the body of Christ, but also what we will be held accountable for. And one of those things will be having caused others to go away that God never intended. But let's move on. It's a known fact that the theologian Martin Luther did not like the book of Revelations. However, it's believed that that was because of the difficulty of his translation and the metaphors in that book. Therefore, he placed it last in the Bible. Nonetheless, although it's the last book, many have come to believe that although every book in the Bible is important and pertinent, Revelations is one of the most pertinent. I want to share something with you from Revelations right now. In the 21st chapter at the 8th verse, it reads in the King James Version, but the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. For those of you who have Bibles with more than one translation, if one of them is from the Amplified Classic Edition, please pause the podcast, get your Bible, and read the following verse along with me. If you don't have this version right now, pull it up on your phone, computer, iPad, or whatever, so you can see for yourselves what the Bible says. Let's read that same verse again in the Amplified Classic Edition. But as for the cowards and the ignoble and the contemptible and the cravingly lacking in courage and the cowardly submissive 
and as for the unbelieving and faithless, as and as for the depraved and defiled with abominations, and as for the murderers and the lewd and adulterers, and the practicers of magic arts and the idolaters, those who give supreme devotion to anyone or anything other than God, and all liars, those who knowingly convey untruth by word or deed, all of these shall have their part in the lake that blazes with fire and brimstone. This is the second death. I don't want to go to hell. However, if I begin to live the life and take on the characteristics that's described in the verse that we just read, then in hell will I lift my eyes. Let's start with those with who's mentioned in the very first line of this verse. It's the cowards. In the King James Version, it says the fearful. According to Strong's, the word fearful is in this particular verse defines Christians who through cowardice give way under persecution and apostatize. Do you realize who that identifies at this time? It's those who are afraid of being punished or rejected by their peers. Those who are afraid of oppression, maltreatment, discrimination, tyranny, especially because of race, political, or religious beliefs. Basically, it's the fearful and cowardly ones who allow bullies and liars to dictate their lives as well as their relationship with God. Let me say here and now there's a huge difference between standing up for what you believe according to what the Bible tells us as opposed to being too afraid and spiritless to stand up to others. If you're too frightened to confront those over you, those who are deemed to be more powerful because of possible retaliation, then you're a coward. To confront someone doesn't mean being disrespectful or loud and boisterous. It means that you have the stamina, strength, and intelligence within you. It means that you have a holy boldness through God to speak up and say what needs to be said. When one is too afraid to open their mouths to speak out in opposition to what they know is not only wrong, but totally against the word of God, they are fearful cowards. When they make this choice because they don't want to be different or they're too weak to challenge what's being said across the pulpits by pastors, evangelists, televangelists, and yes, prophets and leaders, they have become the very people who are spoken of in Revelations 21 and 8. Without realizing it, they have apostatized. It's believed that Solomon died in apostasy because he followed after the gods of his many wives. This was a man who God spoke to personally on at least two occasions that we know of for sure. Like us, he heard the voice of God. And for those who say that they don't hear or don't know how to hear God's voice, let me say to you here and now that it is the Father's will that you hear him. He wants all of us to hear him. As God spoke to me many years ago, no father wants his child born deaf, much less our heavenly father. He wants us to hear him. He wants us all to hear him. And so if you're not, 
then ask him to teach you how. I could go on with this, but that's not our subject matter for this week. Solomon began to follow after the idols of the women he loved. There are far too many who for all their Christian lives did hear and listen to God's voice for themselves. Don't misunderstand. When I say that we hear God's voice for ourselves, doesn't mean that we're not teachable. It just means that even while being taught, we can still enter into the presence of our Father for ourselves and hear what he's saying. But yet, these people have allowed others to come in and bring them in a way that God never intended. Remember what it says in the eighth verse of the 21st chapter of Revelations. The idolaters, those who give supreme devotion to anyone or anything other than God, pastors, prophets, teachers, evangelists, and many others knew that they were hearing the voice of God for themselves, but then they allowed these bullies to begin to tell them to listen to them as opposed to listening to God. Fear tactics have been used to turn them from the true and living God to the idol God named Donald Trump and to another idol named GOP. We serve God, whose name is spelled capital G-O-D, not the G-O-P. What many are saying now from their pulpits is, if you're not a Republican, then you're not a Christian. When did that political party become a religion, doctrine, or belief? When one will accept those conditions, they are literally following idol gods as opposed to the true and living God. I cry out to many right now, come back to your first love. There are many who are purposely, willingly, and knowingly turning away from Christianity because they no longer want to be a part of the Christian faith shown by these far-right Christians who are on exhibition throughout this nation. However, on the other hand, they are those who are being siphoned away without them even realizing what's occurring in their Christian lives. Little by little, they are being seduced from following their first love, Jesus Christ. They've been tricked and deceived into an entirely new and different type of faith and yet continue to call it Christianity. They're following a religion that teaches, promotes, and encourages hatred, separation, bigotry, and racism. They are being changed with fear tactics by being fed the so-called replacement theory, the theory that teaches that rich Jews are bringing in other races and religions in order to replace and outnumber the white race in this nation. This is an evil, demonic fear that has possessed those who believe that lie. It's the same evil, demonic fear that possessed the man who murdered the 10 black people in Buffalo who had all of the racist rhetoric written on his gun. It's the same fear compiled with greed that causes Republicans to not pass the gun laws needed. And it's also the same evil demonic fear that causes them to want to stock up on guns and ammunitions. But remember, it's the fearful who will have their place in the lake of fire. 
This religion that they follow encourages the members in their ignorance and bullies them into submission by threatening them with disfellowship, ostracizing them, and of course telling them that they will not enter into the kingdom of heaven if they don't adhere to this lie. As I stated before, their new God, little g on that word God, is Donald Trump and the Republican Party. And this new religion says that anyone who doesn't line up with what they say, in spite of it not being according to the word of the true and living God, is destined to hell. Again, let me repeat, those who are, who are too afraid and weak to remember how they once heard the voice of God on their own, those who are too faint-hearted to stand up to those lies and religions, they are the fearful and the cowards. If you look at your Bible in the Amplified Version, when referring to the idolaters, it says that they are the ones who give supreme devotion to anyone or anything other than God. The word God in this scripture, again, is with the capital G, which means the true and living God. Please note that at the same time, I have continued to say religion, new religion, this religion, their religion, etc. However, true Christians are not in religion. We are in covenant relationship and we have an intimate oneness with God, the true and living God. And we are not afraid that the words of a bully or some bullies will enter the ears of our Father and that he would turn us from the kingdom of heaven. All liars shall have their part in the lake of fire. So please let us all remember who the liars are. Liars, according to Revelations 21 and 8, are those who knowingly convey untruth by word or deed. These leaders are knowingly conveying untruth to their people, but yet it's up to each of us as individuals to discern truth from untruth, truth from lies, holy from unholy, and the spirit of God from the spirits of bullies. We cannot knowingly allow others to lie to us and continue to embrace those lies. We all know how it is when someone is lying to you. Just because you don't say that you know they're lying doesn't mean that you don't know it. In some cases, a person just chooses not to say anything. Sometimes they choose to walk away or, or just no longer listen to anything the liar has to say. However, in cases where we know lies are being told and it's realized that it will affect those who may not be as discerning as the more mature, then comes the realization that something needs to be said. So say it. Maybe it's the boldness within me, or perhaps it's the fact that I fear God more than I fear man. Yet either way, I will not stand with those who knowingly convey untruths. I will not stand or take part with liars. I've often shared the story that I've heard the old evangelist R.W. Schambach tell years ago. He said he had a friend who had a vision of hell. While his friend was looking into hell, he saw a man going from one boiling lava pit to another. Each time the man in hell would get to a pit, he would reach in, pull someone out, look at them, and then throw them back in. 
Finally, the man who was having the vision called down to the man in hell and asked him who he was looking for. The man in hell turned and said, I'm looking for the pastor who caused me to be in this place. I will not allow someone else's lies to cause me to be in hell, nor will I tell lies that will cause someone else to look for me in hell. As I read on a news feed recently, don't be a political tool. Don't be a manipulated voting demographic. When we stand in the judgment, and each of us will, God will not accept as an excuse that someone lied to us when he knows we've already been taught the truth. Don't accept a political party, any political party, as your God. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of This is the Voice of the Prophet. I ask that each of you would share this podcast with others and always remember that it's available for listening on every podcast server and app. I continue to ask you for your support through your prayers. You can contact me through my email at amieagle at charter.net. That's A-M-I. T-E-E-A-G-L-E at charter.net and through the Facebook post or Facebook messenger. Thank you again for your prayers and support and may God bless each and every one of you.